The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 8, Episode 23. This is Writing Excuses Microcasting! 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. Also, we are joined by Eric once again. Eric Patton, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, first question comes. What is your very first step in the rewriting process? Let's assume you finished the first draft, put the end on it, and sat back in the chair. Now what? My first step is to look at uh, the, the book as a whole and see what I can kick out altogether. Um, you know, an entire, entire characters, entire scenes, entire locations, like huge high-level stuff. What can I just delete wholesale from this book? Yes. Uh, I read it out loud. Okay. That's a good one. I've done that before. Next question. Um, writing artificial intelligence and computers as characters. Mary. <laughs> um, so recognizing that they are not people, um, but are designed to interface with people, I anthropomorphize them. Um, although I have to, when I am doing that, I have to remind myself constantly that they are not people. 
that the anthropomorphizing is just to make them comfortable for the people that they are. I anthro- you do this too. I anthropomorphize them to the point that they are anthro, that they're furries. Um, yes, some of them are. Some of them yes. are. They're, they're space panda or space koalas. Space yes. koala. Um, and it was some of the most tricky parts for me to write are when uh, when an AI is is mulling something over, uh, is is conversing with itself, um, and I'll just spawn another avatar and have the two of them argue. Yeah, I do that too. All right, tactful promotion: How to get nominated for a Hugo or a Nebula? Ooh. Well, there's the Larry <laughs> Korea method. What's that? The, the Larry Korea method is that he has a massive platform of people who are not Hugo voters, mm-hmm. and he just tells them to go by voting memberships. And Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, okay. no. I should say he was going to this year, and uh, then he I, missed I think the voting deadline. Was one of the yeah, key tactful. words there was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I will say that um, Mary can speak on this probably pretty effectively, but. Um, I want to say, from an outsider's perspective, never having been nominated, not having been um, uh, uh, on the CIFL board or anything like that, um, people have told me before that this has happened, that people have done it non-tactfully, and it's always backfired on them horribly. Yeah, basically, once you do that, that will pretty much be the only nomination you ever get. Mm. Um, Unless you're John Scalzi. <laughs> but um, <laughs> who I is hello, John. Hey, John. John, we love looking you. right at you. He he knows this. Um, but th- so basically, you can tell people, "Hey, I have this work, mm-hmm. and it is eligible for consideration." Mm-hmm. But the moment you cross over into the "Please go vote for it," yeah, um, that's when you you start to lose any sympathy and and. Right. The thing that um, that John does, which is the where the reason he can get away with sometimes mm-hmm. for for silly things, saying right. "Go vote for me," is because he puts so much really good content on his site that he yeah. buys reader goodwill, and he's writing really good fiction to begin yeah. with. Um, but there is some resentment, like his um, uh, the. Uh, the April Fool's joke mm-hmm. um, that yeah. he has on the Hugo ballot right yeah. now, there's resentment from that. If it weren't an April Fool's joke, I think yeah. there wouldn't be the resentment there. But mm-hmm. because, I mean, if it were just comedy. Yeah. But so there's, so there, that is a difficult line. The mm-hmm. um, I actually have a blog post in which I talk about Ooh. how to do this, which we can link yeah. to. Let's the the that, process yeah. that you describe is exactly the same thing I do. And the reason I do it is that uh, I have seen... Uh, schlock mercenary on ballots before where uh, titles were not spelled right or where titles were wrong or where ineligible works were there and there were enough votes there were enough nominations that if they'd all nominated the right thing I would have ended up on the ballot the same thing happened to Warren Ellis Mm -hmm. uh, where he didn't make the ballot because uh, because people were nominating the wrong thing Uh, and so I just tell people hey this is what's eligible and that ensures that those who vote and those who want to vote for me do so correctly. Now, you need to be very careful about which community you're talking to. Because, for example, the Stoker Awards, even telling people that you're eligible is seen as a big faux pas, and that will make them not like you. It's an incredibly hands-off community for some reason. But there is a hack for that. (laughs) <laughs> which is to tell people that you are eligible for another work, 
uh, for another nomination. Uh, and, interesting. And I, I, and I bring this up because I had to use this when I was the vice president for science fiction and fantasy writers mm-hmm. of America. Which there ended was, two days ago? Two days ago, by the, t- uh, the time we're recording this. There w- I could not tell people that I was eligible for the Nebulas because that is a clear conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, because pe- there were pe- people who voted for me simply because I was the vice president and said yeah. I had an eligible work. So um, I made sure to time my neb my Hugo. <laughs> this is what yeah. mm-hmm. this you know I'm eligible for the Hugo, and I did not mention the Nebula at any point, mm-hmm. knowing full well that people were in fact reading for the the Nebulas. The other trick is to be helpful in mm. your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is to uh, and and I you know as I said I have a whole thing, whole very meta thing on how to do right. this. Yeah, when I when I plugged when I when I plugged when I shilled, I mean when I announced what I had that was eligible, I also told people, hey, here are a lot of other things that are also eligible for the same award. Um, You know, things that I've liked uh, because I feel like that's very even-handed and fair. Yeah, you you multiple Hugo nominee people. We don't (laughs) want to hear about it. Well, I mean, for instance... Oh, wait, we Mary, yes. Mary and I are going to have excuses. rocket pin races. <laughs> yes. here, here, let me put this into action for you. You four-time, five-time Hugo nominees versus us two-time? Okay, sorry. So but putting this into action, um, at the time this is recording, mm-hmm. um, you know, the voting is already underway. Knowing full well that when this comes out, Glamour and Glass is going to be eligible for things, mm-hmm. um, I can talk about the ways that I would promote Glamour and Glass. And one of the ways that I would do that is that I would say, hey, this is eligible. Um, I would also talk about the way in which I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would use an example of, of how that, you know, as a way for, to teach people about Glamour and Glass. And mm-hmm. people will wind up linking to that because it's helpful. In fact, right now you guys are listening to me talking about my eligible book because I am being helpful. Mm. <laughs> oh man, that was so wow. meta! Wow, you, I just I just want to know what is this Hugo of which you speak? Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd be quiet, middle. You're talking about writer. Victor? Is that no? Yeah. Is that yes? I'm, it's I'm turns like, back. Sorry, I'm it's, I'm middle grade. I just I don't know these things. <laughs> middle grade is eligible. It's like getting middle one of those what? shiny medals oh, on I'm your bad. cover, except instead you get a rocket ship. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Way rocket cooler. ship. Yeah, that's, that's way cooler. All right, it's a flying Caldecott. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, let's stop for our book of the week, which we don't have one. It's okay. We'll put <laughs> oh, it in. Oh, no, we do. We do. Because we, uh, we said earlier we are going to use Red Storm Rising. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we had okay. a hole crop All up. Right, here we go. our hole. Red Storm Rising is by Tom Clancy. It's one of his very earliest ones. It's his second or third uh, book. Um, and it is the one that is most genre-ish because it's, it's speculative. What would happen if World War III started in, you know, the late 80s or whenever it was that he wrote it. Uh, it's my favorite of his books. And uh, it goes through, you know, in his classic techno-thriller, very detailed, very techie style of, you know, where the units are stationed and what kind of weapons they have and, and how that war would play out. It's Lots really fun. Lots of POV juggling. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so, very enjoyable. Especially if you are like me, if you kind of miss the Cold War, it's a great book to read. <laughs> Here's a great one. Audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. And uh, you can start a free trial membership and listen to some classic Clancy. Sorry, I uh, was reading ahead to see what questions we should answer. Uh And I found one that made me excited for Eric to answer. But I didn't mean to cut you off. I I get to say something besides some stupid comment about Hugo. That's awesome. (laughs) Here's the question. Holding out. How should a career-minded author decide if he he or she should take their first publishing offer or not? I, how much money is it for? Yeah, you, you want to give me question. a number? Like, <laughs> no, no. Let's, let's I want you the, uh... to talk about why you decided to go with the offer you got. Was it your first offer? Did you hold out? Um, if this person says um, they're, they've got an offer from a small press, would you suggest they go with it or hold out for a um, New York publisher? Wow. Wow, that's a big question. All right. So, uh, I mean, the way that I did it is I got an agent first and then I listened to what the agent told me to do. Okay. So, my agent, I trusted them. Uh, we worked together for a long time before we actually submitted. Once we submitted, it was out there for a week before we had an offer. And we had uh, a preempt from Simon & Schuster. They came in, okay. and it was a big enough offer. We uh, had interest from some other publishers, but uh, it was big enough that we just took it. Okay. So 
Um, that was kind of how it went for me. What does the rest of the, the podcasters advise? Persons that got an offer from a small press, do they take it and try to establish a name for themselves, or are they, they're career-minded, they say? I would, if, it, if it's a small press, um, I would... Google the small press. They find say out who legitimate else small press. I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that it's not legitimate. Mm-hmm. I'm suggesting that you Google it, find out who else is with them, and go mm-hmm. talk to those authors oh, about their experiences. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing is uh, that you can try to get an agent with mm-hmm. the with the small will, press offer. That's a good point. Yes. Which, who will advise you? Um, there is a, a a theory that says that the uh, the numbers at which you first publish will be the the kind of where you sit. Mm. Um, but there, there are plenty of examples where this is not true. Right. Um, the, the deciding factor for me, besides the, ooh, I have an offer, mm-hmm. is um, if you like what they're saying about your book and what mm. they're going to do f- for it. If you like the editor and you think it will be a better book because of working with the editor, then that is worth a lot in and of itself. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting one. Author notebooks. Are novels usually built fully in writing notebooks? Do, does anyone here use writing notebooks? I do. Okay. Talk, talk to us about your writing notebook. Um, it's, well, it's my sketchbook, and it's mm-hmm. got a mixture of uh, plot notes. It's got outlines. It's got uh, snippets of dialogue. And, of course, it's got sketches. And it's got sketches of, you know, people sitting in church. I mean, it's just a full—it's uh, it, it, it's my, it's my non-digital brain. Um, I just dump everything in there. And from time to time, I will write a task list in there. And one of the tasks is transfer non-digital items into the digital arena. You know, get, put this stuff into a, into a word outline. I, I so. may not know what a writing notebook is. I think that a writing notebook is one of these notebooks. Um, I'm holding up one of the little leather-bound ones that Mary gave me. Some oh. writers carry around notebooks with them, and whenever an idea strikes them, they write it down in the notebook. They're always scribbling on concepts. I think this is a older-style writer thing. Um, I have never actually used one of these physically. My writer's notebook, quote-unquote, is my phone, where if I come up with a great idea, I go and I type it in my phone, and I text or I email it to myself, or I save it in a file on there. And then on, on my computer, I have big lists of these, but these I pull out and build outlines out of and, um, and things. I never actually am writing very much in a notebook. Yeah, I write in a notebook only when I don't have a computer available. Um, yeah. What are these notebooks you speak of? Yeah. Yes. Shut up, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice to the guest, Dan. It's All right, right Dan. I, it's a retro text. <laughs> a retro, oh, okay, I understand now. What methods and criteria do you use to test the coolness and viability of a story premise? Well, I have lots of friends who read a lot of fiction. Uh, When I had my idea for my cloning story, I took it around to my friends and started, you know, I told it to my writing group, I told it to some other people, and I realized after the fourth or fifth time this happened, I would you know, give it to somebody and they would immediately start talking about it and all the ramifications and all the other ideas that it sparked. And I realized, okay, this is a really awesome idea. Yeah, I do basically the same thing. Um, but with novels, I write down my, my the thumbnail sketches, the, mm-hmm. the pitches or concepts, and then I hand them to my agent and say, which one do you think you can sell? Okay. I do that too. That's, that's my method. I come up with a I series the, of them. and I give it, it the off. sleepy check. Mm. If I'm lying in bed... And this idea has me so excited about it that I would rather write than sleep. I know I'm on to something. See, Mary's method seems very odd to me. 
I mean, it sure it works well for you. It would not work for me because I just write whatever I'm super excited about. Oh, I only the give agent's just out in the cold. Yeah, I only give her ideas that I'm excited about. Yeah, um, I just have so many. <laughs> oh, well then, take that, Daniel Wells. Now we know who's the talented Dan Wells brother. Um, which <laughs> it's Mary. <laughs> which genres outside the Robinette, ones that Robinson. you write in most often? Do you read most often? Uh, Mystery. fiction. What's that? Mystery? Mystery. Historical fiction. Historical fiction? I, uh, fiction. Fiction, general Fantasy, purpose. fantasy, actually. Oh, fantasy, okay. Um, superhero comics. Okay. Um, I would say nonfiction. Oh, yeah, I guess I was nonfiction, but I guess I was sticking okay. in the Okay, the fictions. second part of the question is give them a suggestion of a great book in that genre for them to try. So, so go ahead and pick mystery. Yes. Um, Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. Okay. Um... By I think it's Alan Bradley. Okay, Dan. The Last Kingdom by Bernard Cornwell. I knew you were going to say Bernard I know, Cornwell. It's my favorite but that's one. great. I need to read him. Yes, you do. Uh, there, there's a series called Mistborn. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, uh, I got it's, the uh, hack. it's Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, I, I didn't like that his one name. At all. It's, mm. No, it's, I've, it's, I've heard it's, it's you're in it's, that one. I've heard it's good. I don't. It's Braden. <laughs> Braden Sanderson. Braden, Braden Sanderson. Anderson. Braden. <laughs> I think I was on CNN as, as Brian Anderson. So, um, Howard. Planet Hulk. Okay. Um, I'm going to say um, I, A History of Warfare that I mm, mentioned last yeah. before. But I'm reading Guns, Germs, and Steel right now, and that's work, That's actually very helpful, too. Yes. I like that one. I'm surprised you're only just now reading Yeah, that. I know. Everyone keeps talking about it all the time, and I've like picked it up three or four times and never gotten through it. Mm. Um, and so now I'm actually getting through it. Yeah. So, all right. That's, let's do a writing prompt. Howard. Uh, this actually came up earlier. Two words. Flying Caldecott. <laughs> all right uh, thank you again Eric awesome. for joining us and yes thank you for having me this has been Right Excuses you have excuses now go right when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.